Welcome back to another episode of the IFC's Individuation Podcast. My name is James Malamus, and we've got a great episode for you. Today, we welcome back Dr. Eric Tomlinson and Dr. Lisa Hong, this time to discuss Archetypal Symbols and Tales, Chapter 13, The Realm of the Dead and the Spirit World. It's a great discussion. We can't wait for you to hear it. If you enjoy the IFC's Individuation Podcast and want to support, make sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. So without any further ado, Dr. El Samurai, take it away. Welcome to another episode of the IFC's Individuation Podcast. I'm Dr. Lahab El Samurai, and with me today is the usual um, demolition crew. Dr. Eric Tomlinson is here. Dr. Lisa Hung is also here with us. And uh, we today are going to walk through the realm of the dead and the spirit world. We are going to transpire into the zones of the unknown, which we have been doing in a lot of ways, but the unconscious in a different way to look at the unconscious today. And so we're going to talk about, um, and uh, what uh, Von Franz calls another manifestations of the land of the soul, which naturally flows from the aforementioned is the land of the dead and the world of ghosts, which is how the unconscious is described in many legends and fairy tales and myths. Especially in the conception of native peoples, one sees a complete identity of ancestral spirits, ghosts, and demons. Possibly due to the identity, many editors thought it appropriate to include these stories of spooks and reports of ghosts and spirits and apparitions in their collection of fairy tales and the myths of native peoples. These are precisely speaking, not always considered to be fairy tales. Many of the fairy tales in this work, however, contain motifs of phantoms and spirits of the dead as single elements within the tale. One thinks, for example, of the helpful actions that the soul of Cinderella's dead mother performs. The identity of the magic realm, magical realm with the land of the dead is, is, is impressively shown in Chinese fairy tales like Sky Dawn, which relates the adventures of the strange boy hero called Morning Sky. This figure is actually the incarnate form of Jupiter, the star of the great year. So uh, with that introduction, that is chapter 13, that is the intro to chapter 13 from uh, Mary Louise von Franz and uh, Dr. von Franz is taking us on another journey today. Uh, today we're going to be reading a fairy tale uh, from the Roma. Um, the Roma historically have been persecuted uh, in Europe and uh, they were almost wiped out by the Nazis. Uh, this is one of their fairy tales. Uh, um, we're going to dive into it. It's called The Journey to the Kingdom of the Dead. But before we dive into fairy tale, which we have been doing every week, before we do that, um, would our panel like to say hello to our audience? Uh, Lisa, Eric, do you want to say hello? Do you want to say anything to our audience? Greetings to all. <laughs> and enjoy us on this journey. 
Thanks for joining us. Okay, I thought you were stuck, Eric. I, I didn't know. I was like, I was going to have a sip of coffee and then I got stuck staring at you. I was, I was, I was thinking that our honorable queen would go first. Oh, okay. I was just trying to show respect. <sighs> well, you're a warrior. Warriors know how to show respect. Okay. I they do need, to the queen. I don't need a secondary pair of glasses. I already have one. Okay. Um, Lisa, do you want to say hello? Good morning. Oh, well, Lisa's up. Right <laughs> Lisa's up and about. And good morning from Seattle. <laughs> All right, the sun is out in Seattle today. That's why we have the blinds down because we can't see. Because we actually live in the dark. So when the sun comes out, we're completely blind. So if you ever want to invade Seattle, that's what you do. <laughs> you invade on a sunny day. We wouldn't even know. <laughs> it would take us a while to kind of figure it out. It's like, oh, who? What? Okay, just kidding. All right. Um, Dr. Tomlinson. Yes, sir. Um, my friend, why don't you start us off with uh, reading this um, delightful fairy tale uh, so we could get into uh, the matter. Go for okay. it. Do you want me to read it or Lisa? No, you're reading it. Go okay. ahead. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there lived a poor gypsy boy whose father, mother, and the girl that he loved dearly all died within the same week. With deeply troubled heart, he buried them. He could not hold a funeral banquet because he was so poor that he could barely survive from one day to the next. One week after he had performed the funeral rites, he awoke in the night as if someone was shaking his tent. He asked, who is, who is there? He heard his father say, you buried me, but gave me no milk. The following night, the same shaking happened. Again, he asked, who is there? This time he heard his mother say, you buried me, but gave me no milk. Then again, one night later came the voice of his girlfriend. You buried me, but gave me no milk. Now all was very heavy in his heart. He went out in front of his tent. The night was dark, it was so black he could see nothing, but he heard his dead girlfriend speaking, if you want to help us find peace, go up into the mountains. There you will find a cave with three eggs. Take these and open them if you can, <clears throat> but you will only succeed with great difficulty. And then the dead maiden disappeared. At the break of day, the young man began his journey. When he arrived high up in the mountains, he came upon an old woman who was laboring with a heavy sack on her back. The young man had pity on her and said, give me your sack and I will carry it for you. The old hag gave him the sack and the young man heaved it up on his shoulder. He then asked the old one what she was carrying in it for, for him, it was very light. The souls of, ch of stillborn children, answered the old woman. It is my custom to carry them to the kingdom of the dead. No sooner had they taken a few steps than the old woman stopped before the entrance to a cave and said, here we are. Why, asked the young man, so soon? For you, it seems like an instant, said the old mother. 
even though you have now been carrying the sack for nine years on your shoulders. This shocked the young man, but the old woman continued. Time passes quickly in the land of the dead, and my little friend, that is where we are. Even if we were not yet actually in the land of the dead, we've already crossed its borders. I also know why you have embarked upon this journey. Here, I give a piece of meat, a jug full of milk, a key, and some rope. With these things, you can continue on your way and you will soon arrive at the cave you are seeking. The old woman gave him a bag with these things and disappeared. The young man set out on his way and soon reached the mouth of a dark cave. He entered and hardly had he taken a step forwards when it, all be when it became light all around and he found himself standing in front of a large house. He opened the gate and entered the courtyard. Forthwith, an angry white dog fell upon him. He pulled the piece of meat out of his sack and threw it to, a, to the dog. Then he went on and saw a well from which a woman was drawing water. She had a bucket tied to her braids that she would raise and lower again in the well. He tossed her the rope that the old woman had given him so that she could tie it to the bucket. For whom are you drawing the water, he asked. For the dead, answered the woman, who were buried unwashed by their relatives. Thereupon he continued on and came to the entrance of the house. With the key from his sack, he opened the door and entered into a room where he found three eggs. He opened one. Suddenly the room was filled with mist out of which stepped his father and said, Oh, I am so hungry and thirsty. Come into the courtyard, said his son. You'll find a jug of milk. I thank you, answered the father, but it is now too late. At least I have some peace and can go further into the land of the dead. With these words, he disappeared. Thereupon, the young man opened the second egg, and now his mother stepped out of the mist and said, Oh, I am so hungry and thirsty. Come into the courtyard, said the young man. In front of the door, you'll find a, a jug full of milk. I thank you, answered his mother, but it is already too late. At least I now have some peace and can go further into the land of the dead. With these words, she disappeared. Then the young man took the third egg in his hands and went out into the courtyard. This egg he broke next to the jug of milk. Now his beloved appeared and spoke to him. Oh, I am so hungry and thirsty. This time the young man quickly took the jug of milk and handed it to his loved one. Here, drink some milk, my beloved. The girl became as beautiful. Oh, the girl drank and became as beautiful as the most beautiful of all the Sun King's daughters. When she had drank all the milk, she also spoke and said, My most beloved, you have redeemed me from death. Now I will return back into life and be yours. And so it happened. She turned homewards from the dreadful mountains and they lived together in happiness and contentment until she had to cross over into the kingdom of the dead for eternity. Okay. Thank you, Eric. Yes, sir. Um, so there's a, there is a paragraph um, that follows this story um, in the book 
it's a short description as we uh, found out from Dr. Von Franz um, leaves little details when she tells the stories. She's, uh, she's a very good teacher that way. She's forcing you to think about the story. But um, in this, uh, she says, in this rich description, we meet once again the relativity of space and time in the other world, okay? And depicted as a cave, a house, and then as a mountain, the boundary range or intermediate kingdom, which clearly signifies the unconscious is not yet actually the land of the dead. It describes rather a psychic state that corresponds to the state of the unconsciousness in a serious illness. The parents of the young man can no longer return from the state for the girlfriend that is possible. She can return little, literally through the love of the bridegroom. We will here pass over the meaning of the three eggs since this is a motif we will touch upon later today towards the end of the second volume of this work. In this connection, it is enough to highlight the secret identity of the magical realm with the land of the dead as disclosed in fairy tales. So the magical realm. <clears throat> so when she starts out, she talks about that uh, there's a debate whether, whether stories of ghosts and spirits are fairy tales. That's what she starts out with. Are they fairy tales? Are they stories? Are they fairy tales or are they stories of the elders? Are they stories passed down through the generations? Uh, although fairy tales are also passed down through the elders, this motif is a little different because it uh, holds the identity of a people. Um, each people have their own myths in the fairy tale. But in this fairy tale, it's very interesting because there's a lot of uh, similar motifs to uh, going into Hades and uh, needing to distract the dog. Um, there's uh, Cerberus at the gate of Hades, uh, guards the gates of what they call hell or the underworld. And um, once you pass, once you're um, to enter, you have to be dead. The dog is not going to let you in if you're still alive so what he does is he distracts the dog by throwing him a piece of meat to get in so he could free um free the people he loves because they're haunting him they're calling out his name eric do you do you have any thoughts about the story that you would like to share well i i uh... I was I had a question about the the White House and <clears throat> and the fact that the 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 person who asked him to go up to the mountains was his girlfriend and not his parents. And so he obviously was connecting with her in a way that he wasn't with his parents and then he has a key to a house in bright light and Oftentimes, I don't know if it means it here, but oftentimes a house can mean a new a new place. You know, you've arrived at a new point in time, at a new place, and now you've got a new home. And I was just wondering if um, if he had just finally realized it was 
you know, it was time for him to, to move on from his parents. Ooh. Um, I don't know. I just, I, that's what I was thinking about. I was just wondering what you and Lisa might think about that. Uh, well, I, I do, I do think that the house is uh, the representation of a midway point. Uh, it's still within the unconscious, but he has not crossed over because uh, in the fairy tale, um, there's borders. Even if we are not yet actually in the land of the dead, we have already crossed its borders. I also know why you have, have embarked upon this journey. Here I gave a piece of meat, a jug full of milk, a key and some rope. With these things, you can continue on your way. You'll soon arrive at the cave you are seeking. The old woman gave him a bag with these things and disappeared. So uh, you can't take those, you can't take anything with you into the unconscious or the realm of the dead. You arrive as a spirit. You don't arrive in full form. You don't arrive, you have crossed over into a world where there are spirits. This is the land of the dead. And usually that the stories of the, of the dead is that um, in the land of the dead, the dead who are there are the ones who have not, let, have not let go of the material world. They're still connected to uh, their past existence. And that's why they have not been able to be freed from the land of the dead. The land of the dead is a way station, right? The land of the dead is uh, not a prison. Um, and it's not a torture chamber. Um, the way you get tortured is you're still holding on to the, uh, your life, to the life you had before you died. That's what keeps you stuck. And that's what keeps your relatives around you or the people related to you stuck because now they're stuck to you. That energy goes both ways. And the people who have died, uh, for example, in um, violent um, incidents or accidents um, leave a trauma behind. So that trauma and that force of death um, keeps people tied into the person and the way they died. Um, not the way they lived, but the way they were taken away. So there's also a, there's a way of crossing into that land that <clears throat> if disrupted or violently forced, um, keeps you trapped because now you don't know you're dead. You're alive five seconds ago. So now you don't know you're dead. And the old lady, um, the wise woman, uh, the seer, the knower, the guide, she takes on many different forms and many different um, cultures, right? She is the Madonna in Christianity. Um, she's the mother. Uh, she's, um, she's the fortune teller. 
but she's a seer. She basically talks to the spirits. She connects to the spirit world. And she could guide you into the spirit world because she speaks the language. Um, I think in terms of a house and a cave, I think that the house and the cave represent an entry point, a midway point. Uh, I don't know what you think, Eric, but like um, Stein talks about uh, um, being stuck between two places. Um, there's a word for it, which is escaping me right now. Um, but yeah. I think um, Dr. Lahab is, <clears throat> I, I agree with you. I think it, it's, it's a beginning point for him um, or another way of saying it, an intermediate point from where he was, Ooh. but he, his parents had to die for this to happen. And from my understanding of the Romani culture Ooh. is they're very, very strong family relationships. Ooh. I mean, their, the culture has had centuries and centuries of mysticism, of visionary uh, type of Ooh. work. Dreams Ooh. are very powerful. Um, there's a, there. In fact, it's not uncommon to see Romani children who are grown still with their parents. There, there's a bond that's more than just parental. There's a yeah. bond that is is got some some mystical power, some mystical source to it. I mean, this is people from Romania, the 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 country, the home of Transylvania. I mean, it, it the the culture is filled with this, and and it wasn't until they died that he could move on. And um, why his girlfriend had to die, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But then again, we see that she didn't completely die. She's the one that reached out to him, not the parents, yeah. and told him where to go. So I don't know if that adds a little bit to the story, but that, that's, that's what I was thinking about and the house being the next place in his journey that he goes. He's, he's gonna, he, he has to enter a new home a new life. Yes, so he has to resolve the conflict in the old one. Lisa, what are your thoughts? Or questions or? Yeah, the, I kept, in the beginning of the story, it said his journey would be difficult and hard, Ooh. but it seemed like everything was laid out in front of him. He was given each tool he needed. He was told where to go. He was <laughs> he magically appeared in front of a house where he has a key. I I was wondering where the conflict or growth was in the story. I wondered that too. I, I was thinking that she was uh, saying that opening the eggs would be difficult, but it may have been like you said. It may have just been his whole journey, mm -hmm. and because I, I wondered when he opened the eggs, it was, there was no difficulty to it at all. And uh, unless one wants to think about his parent, him finally realizing his parents were going further into the land of the dead, 
and there's nothing he could do about it. I don't know. Maybe that's a possible answer. I'm not sure. But I had the same question, um, Lisa. It, it didn't make sense to me either. Well, I think the trauma of losing the bride forced him into the land of the dead. I think the trauma of loss forced him into the journey. I don't think he took the journey uh, willingly. I think, and as he heard his father and mother and his fiance call out that he didn't, um, he didn't prepare any milk for them. He didn't feed them. He didn't nourish them. He didn't give them the essence of life. Right, so milk is the essence of life. When you're born, you're given milk right away. You live on a diet of milk for a couple of years, actually. It is the essence of existence. It's the essence that is passed on. It's the essence, if there's an essence that carries life, milk would be one of those essences. The other one would be eggs. Right. In different cultures, they represent different things. Um, they're a magical symbol. They represent transformation. You have an egg and something comes out of the egg. It's transformative. You don't know. You're not sure about the egg. You can't see into the egg. You're guessing. You're projecting into the egg. In different traditions, it represents different things, right? It's a fertility symbol. <clears throat> um, in Persia, it's uh, part of the spring celebration, the Zoroastrian New Year. Uh, the colored eggs are placed on the dinner table, and a mother eats one cooked egg for each child she has. Right, so eggs in different cultures have different uh, symbolism, but they're all kind of intertwined. They have, uh, for Native American tales, the egg features prominently, typically it involves the cracking of a giant egg to form the universe, the earth, or even gods. In some tribes of America's Pacific Northwest region, there's a story about thunder eggs. Yeah which are thrown by the angry spirits of the high mountains range, right? So they come from the mountains. In Chinese folk tales, um, the story of the formation of the universe, like so many things, began as an egg. A deity named Pang Gu formed inside the egg and then in his effort to get out, cracked it into two halves. The upper portion became the sky and the cosmos and the lower half became the earth and the sea. Um, An interesting fact about the egg, Dr. Lahab, is that it is, well, the ostrich egg is, the regular chicken eggs are still one of the largest, but the ostrich egg is the largest single cell known to man. It's Ooh. one cell. Wow. That egg is one cell. Amazing. And look how huge it is. Yeah, it's amazing. It's quite amazing. Um, um, even the eggs of certain birds are special. Owl's eggs are said to be a sure cure for alcoholism. 
when scrambled up and fed to someone with a drinking problem. Uh, dirt found under a mockingbird's egg can be used to elevate sore throats. A hen's egg, which is too small to bother with cooking, can be tossed on the roof of your house to appease the witches, uh, according to the Appalachian folklore. If a woman tosses an eggshell into the fire on May Day and sees a spot of blood on the shell, it means her days are numbered. These are many different tales of eggs. Um, this is uh, eggs in religion. Um, in early Christian cultures, consumption of the Easter egg may have marked the end of Lent. In Greek Orthodox Christianity, there is a legend that after Christ's death on the cross, Mary Magdalene went to the emperor of Rome and told him of Jesus' resur resurrection. The emperor's response was skeptical, hinting that such an event was just about as likely as a nearby bowl of eggs suddenly turning red. And much of the emperor's surprise, the bowls of eggs turned red and Mary Magdalene joyfully began preaching Christianity through the land. Um, this is by Patty Wigginton um, on Learn Religions, uh, some of the meaning of the mystical eggs, the magical eggs. So there are many different symbols in this story. It's very deep actually. Right, we have symbols of eggs, we have milk, we have a seer, um, a guide. Caves, mountains. We have the mountains. Cave, house. We have the cave, we have the house. Um, and these themes are present in our other motifs, right? The symbols make up the story. It's these symbolic aspects of how uh, we relate to the earth and how the earth relates to us, how we relate to objects and symbols and how they relate back to us and how we relate in consciousness and how we relate in the unconscious. So when we relate to something in the unconscious as a symbol, it's different from the way we relate to it in consciousness, right? So food is looked at differently in the unconscious than it is in the conscious. Because it takes on a different parameter to um, that expands around the realm. Now, what uh, the question is, is that when you go deep into the unconscious, there are different realms. There's a realm of the dead. There's a realm of, um, of the dead who have not moved on. Um, the word I was looking for was limbo, but who oh, yeah. basically left in limbo, left between um, existence. So limbo is supposed to be between the land of the living and the land of the dead. That's limbo. But actually in the land of the dead, they are in limbo. They have not moved on. You're not supposed to stay in the land of the dead. It's a temporary stay. It's like the land of the living. Think about it. It's a temporary stay. You're not supposed to be here that long. So you move from the land of the living to the land of the dead. You can't get stuck there. You can, but 
the object here is in the motifs that we will be exploring more and more. And um, next week we'll be talking about the inhabitants of the land of the spirits is that these realms are temporary. Our existence in them is temporary. We're not supposed to be stuck. There's always movement, right? In the unconscious, you see it all the time. In all of our motifs, there's movement towards something, transforming something, changing something, coming to a point of understanding something, a realization, uh, an epiphany, a consciousness. In our last story, she was married to death. She did not know. She lived in the house of death. In this story, he goes into the land of death. And there, the, the transition is very interesting, Eric, Lisa. I found it very interesting. It was like he just moved into that land. There wasn't like, a, like usually there's a ritual, but he was able, like you said, to move into this mystical land to search for them. And um, how does he find the old lady or does she find him? Who finds whom? I think he finds the wise old woman, um, but actually she finds him. Yeah. He she wasn't presents, looking for her. She presents but doesn't prompt. And it was yeah. like his choice to approach her. Yeah, she presents, but it's really good, Lisa. So she presents, she doesn't prompt. She's so she finds him. So that's the trick, right? How do you find somebody who's looking for you? She's a seer. Ah, <laughs> perfect. You find them because you stumble upon them. You say, oh, I stumbled upon you. No, you didn't stumble upon me. I'm standing in your way, so you would have to stumble upon me. <laughs> I just walked out here because I knew you were coming. So what's interesting is how uh, things are created, right? Is it the creation of what we see or is what we see creating us? So this is, this is the idea of projection, is how, how we see the world and how the world sees us. Who's made who? Did I make you? Did you make me? Right? The question of the chicken or the egg, which actually was solved by scientists. They figured out that the egg came first. So in the spiritual motifs, they already knew that. They already knew the egg came first. Um, we have been able to prove it, but they already knew that. Eric, you have a look on your face. I just had me thinking about if, if there was any, that, that's interesting because <clears throat> I didn't think about it that way because normally these, all three of these eggs gave birth to something. Mm -hmm. He opened them up. There was a mist. They gave birth to something, Ooh. mother, father, and then the girlfriend. And in real life, 
after the first one happened, like you just brought up. But, but in real life, in order for eggs to produce life, they have to be fertilized. The eggs that we get at the grocery store and eat, they they're not fertilized. You can't grow life out of them because they've not they've not had the injection of of a spotted sperm in them that the rooster provides. So it made me think. Well, this was an then if that's the case, then these are eggs that have never been fertilized and yet they're still producing life. So I, I kind of thought that was interesting. And, yeah, and, uh, so it doesn't need to be fertilized. It's actually both of both of their existence is in one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so so you have uh, you you have three things. You have the you have the father, you have the mother, and then you have uh, the fiance or the bride. So you had a father, you had a mother. And now you have a wife and the cycle starts all over again. This is the beginning of a new cycle. Old cycle dies, mother, father dies, children are born, you die, mother dies. And the children now start over again and the cycle continues. And it, and it I don't know why, but I keep thinking back to the point that Lisa brought up because I went back and looked at it and it said, she said, you'll, there you will find a cave with three eggs. Take these, referring to the eggs, and open them if you can. If you can. If you can. I, where is that coming from? If you can? Maybe if you will, but of course he's physically capable of opening them. But is she getting at something else here? It seems to me that she might be. If you can, if you if you if you have the will to to look inside, if you have the will to know, there there requires when you are in the unconscious, a will is required to see what has been unseen, to know what has been unknown. There needs to be. Um, a strength, a power to move forward in that task. And in each fairy tale, the task becomes more difficult as you proceed. The task starts out as a simple request, a letter, um, a message, uh, a cry for help, um, a fishing trip, a hunting trip, But as soon as you get there, then the task becomes more difficult. And just like life, what starts out to seem as an easy road becomes more complicated. You start out thinking, well, what do I need in life? I need to go to school. I need a job. I need to get a house, whatever. But it becomes more complicated. You start to feel like you need to change world. You need to uh, participate in, um, in changing things. You need to connect to people. You need to um, help. You need to create. And suddenly it becomes more complicated. 
was started out as a simple task. Well, this is what I was told uh, growing up was. And suddenly it does not mean that anymore. Life becomes more complicated. I have a That's, thought on it. Go on, Lisa. I have a thought about that. You made me think about uh, maybe it has to do with expectations or not having expectations. Uh, so the, the seer set him up so that he expected the eggs to be difficult. Um, and along the way, uh, he kept getting distracted by other interactions or change of scenes. And not once did he express um, frustration or anxiety about what his ultimate goal was. He just kept going and he kept succeeding and following success. By the time he got to the eggs, it was just going to happen. He forgot about the difficulty. Which makes me wonder, which, which makes me wonder, Lisa, again, after she told him, open it, open them if you can, she then said, but you will only succeed with great difficulty. How did she get this guy? How, she just wasn't even close in figuring this guy out. And this was the girlfriend. I don't, I don't, how could she have been so wrong about him being on taking this journey on himself and seeing it through? He, he was determined. Yet she questioned it. I think he was dutiful. <laughs> um, and determined, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to be dutiful in these kinds of uh, tasks without having some kind of passion for it. Mm -hmm. He would have folded otherwise. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I just I just don't. She or does. She's the one that doesn't make sense to me. The seer doesn't make sense to you. No, no, no. The girlfriend. She's the one that said all this. His dead girlfriend is the one that said all that to him. Wasn't it just a different maiden or a different person? No, it said, but he heard his dead girlfriend speaking. Oh. So it's but, his girlfriend yeah. telling him that. So he needed her back. Come into the courtyard, said his son. You will find a jug of full of milk. I thank you, answered the father, but it's now too late. At least I have some peace and can go further into the land of the dead. With these words, he disappeared. Thereupon, the young man opened the second egg, and now his mother stepped out of his mist and said, Oh, I'm so hungry and thirsty. Come into the courtyard, said the young man. In front of the door, you will find a jug of full of milk. I thank you, answered his mother, but it's already too late. At least I have now some peace and can go further into the land of the dead. With these words, she disappeared. Then the young man took the third egg on his hands and went into his courtyard. This egg he broke next to the jug of milk. Now his beloved appeared and spoke to him. Oh, I am so hungry and thirsty. This time the young man quickly took the jug of milk and handed it 
to his loved one. Here, drank some milk, my beloved. The girl drank and became as beautiful as the most beautiful of all the Sun King's daughters. When she had drank all the milk, she also spoke and said, my most beloved, you have redeemed me from death. And now I will return back into life and be yours. And so it happened, she turned homewards from the dreadful mountains and they lived together in happiness and contentment until she had to cross over in the kingdom of the dead for eternity. Once upon a time, there lived a poor gypsy boy. He was poor. That's the first thing that you read. He didn't have anything. He had his parents and he had his girlfriend whose father and mother and the girl that he loved dearly all died within the same week. So he had nothing and he lost everything. So that's how the story starts. You have nothing. And then you lost everything. So remember how much you have. That's the first part of the fairy tale. Remember how much you have in this life when you think you have nothing. With deeply troubled heart, he buried them. He could not hold a funeral banquet because he was so poor that he could barely survive from one day to the next. So he couldn't honor them in their death. So they could not die. They could not leave this plane. Because as we start to understand that rituals are very important in closing certain doorways, in closing loops, we have rituals, we have banquets, we have weddings, we have parties, we have graduation ceremonies. We have, we have, we have. We have these things for a reason. For someone to move from task A to task B, you must be able to close the loop. You must be able to close that loop with a graduation, with a wedding, with a divorce, you have to close the loop. There's a ceremony for everything that ends up. The dead have a ceremony. The living have ceremonies. The young have ceremonies. Birthdays are ceremonies. These are all ceremonies. He could not hold a funeral banquet because he was so poor that he could barely survive from one day to the next. He could not close the loop. He could not hold the ceremony. One week after he had performed the funeral rites, he woke in the night as if someone was shaking his tent. He lived in a tent. He asked, who is there? He heard his father say, you buried me, but gave me no milk. You did not perform the ceremony. Therefore, I cannot move forward. The following night, the same shaking happened. Again, he asked, who's there? This time, he heard his mother say, you buried me, but gave me no milk. 
Again, I cannot leave. You did not perform the ceremony. Then again, one night later came the voice of his girlfriend. You buried me, but gave me no milk. I cannot move on. I'm stuck. Now, all was very heavy in his heart. He went out in front of his tent. The night was dark. It was so black, he could see nothing. But he heard his dead girlfriend speaking. If you want to help us find peace, remember, he could not complete the ceremony. Now, there's a question. Could he not afford to complete the ceremony or could he not give them up, right? Affording yeah. is being able to give something up, right? Maybe he couldn't give them up. And then it goes, if you want to help us find peace, go up into the mountains. Go to where the gods dwell. There you will find a cave and there will be three eggs. So each egg represented one life. Each egg represented one future. Each egg represented one past. Each egg represented the symbol of transformation. Each egg gave you a chance at seeing, being, doing something that needed to be done once. But you will only succeed with great difficulty and then the dead maiden disappeared. Take these, open them if you can, but you will only succeed with great difficulty. And then the dead maiden disappeared. Here is your journey. It's going to be difficult. You're going to go, you're going to have to go into the land of the dead. You're going to have to go to the mountains. You're going to have to redeem the lives. You have three eggs. At the break of day, the young man began his journey. He woke up. No, he's still sleeping. We don't know. But we do know before it said, he walked out, the night was dark. He went out in front of his tent, the night was dark. It was so black, he could not see any, see nothing. This is when he moved into that spirit world. But as he tells the story, he thinks light just came upon and now he's moving into the spirit world. Actually, the journey has already started. He doesn't know it started. Now he knows it started. You see that, Eric? Now yeah, he knows. Now, now he knows that he's on a journey. Before then, <clears throat> but he had already started this journey, right? At the break of day, the young man began his journey when he arrived high up in the mountains. Okay. So how do you do that? How do you start your journey and suddenly you are up high in the mountains? That's because you've already started. You were already there. He came upon an old woman who was laboring 
with heavy sack on her back. So she's a poor old woman. She's carrying a sack on her back. What is she carrying? And why is this old woman on top of a mountain? He doesn't ask the question. He doesn't know. <laughs> so this is how the seer is, right? Um, you don't, they're chameleons. You don't know who they are. They look like a broken down old person. They look like somebody who's disabled, somebody who doesn't have anything, doesn't know anything. You don't expect anything from this person. And suddenly, the young man had pity on her and said, he felt bad for her. He said, give me your sack. I will carry it for you. Okay, so as soon as he says, give me your sack, I will carry it for you. What he has done right, is he's offered to do something for nothing. And thus, you have paid your dues. You have offered to do something without wanting anything in return. That is part of the fairy tale. You have to offer yourself to do something wholeheartedly without wanting anticipating, ex expecting anything in return. He then asked, I will carry for you. The old hag gave him the sack and the young man heaved it upon his shoulders. He then asked the old one what she was carrying in it. For him, it was very light. The souls of the stillborn children. So suddenly, this heavy sack turns out to be the souls of stillborn children. So when you're stillborn, you never make it into the world. Your journey is never completed. You're not born into the world. The journey is cut off. You're literally stuck in limbo and in the land of the dead. You didn't make it. That's another trauma. The souls of stillborn children answered the old woman. It is my custom. It is my task. It is my duty. To carry them to the kingdom of the dead. No sooner had they taken a few steps than the old woman stopped before the entrance to the cave and said, here we are. Why asked the young man so soon? How did we get here so fast? I thought we just started this journey. And before that, he then, he, he heaved it on his back. So, and he said it was very light. He said, why is it very light? 
because these souls were never born. That's why it was light. They were never born. That's their world. They're in their world. Then he asked her, here we are. Why asked the young man so soon? How did we get here? I don't know how we got here. For you, it seems like an instant, she says, said the old mother, even though now, now watch in the fairy tale, she was old lady, she was hag, and now she's mother. She's three different things, right? Even though you have not been carrying the sack for nine years on your shoulders. So you, you have carried this sack for nine years. This shocked the young man, but the old woman continued. Time passes quickly in the land of the dead, my little friend. That is where we are. He doesn't know. He doesn't know where he is. And that is one of the things that happens in the unconscious. You don't know where you are. You think you're in one place, but you end up being in a completely different place. That is where we are, even if we are not yet actually in the land of the dead. Okay. Here is a contradiction. That is where we are, even if we're not actually in the land of the dead, even if you're actually not dead. That's what she's saying to him. He can't think of himself as dead. He's not going to wake up. He's not going to be able to complete his task. She has to tell him that he's not dead. Because you get lost, you get trapped. We have already crossed its borders. Even if we're not yet actually in the land of the dead, we have already crossed its borders. That means we are in the land of the dead. But you're not dead. That's why we are actually not in the land of the dead because you are not dead. You have not died yet. You cannot be in the land of the dead if you are not dead. That's what she's saying to him. I also know why you have embarked upon this journey. Here, I give a piece of meat, a jug full of milk, a key and some rope. She gives him four things to carry. A piece of meat, a jug of milk, a key, and rope. For him to be able to finish his journey, he needs these four things. With these things, you can continue on your way, and you will soon arrive at the cave you are seeking. The old woman gave him a bag with these things. She disappeared like she was never there.
The young man set out on his way and soon reached the mouth of the dark cave, like in a blitz in an instant. He entered and hardly had he taken a step forward when it became light all around. Light all around. Well, that's interesting. You're in a cave. How is it you have light that comes from all, all around? It became light all around and he found himself standing in front of a large house, in front of a large house. He opened the gate, entered the courtyard. Forthwith, an angry white dog fell upon him. Well, he, got, he guards the dead. So he, he's, he's crossed, he's within the boundaries, he's in the courtyard, but he's not in the house. But he's in a cave. So this is a deeper layer in the unconscious. You go into the cave, suddenly you're in the courthouse, courtyard, and then there's a house in front of you. This is layer upon layer, deep within the unconscious. He pulled the piece of meat out of his sack and threw it to the dog. He knew you have to feed the guardian. Then he went on and saw a well from which a woman was drawing water. Who's this woman? She's drawing water. She had a bucket tied to her braids that she would raise and lower again into the well. He tossed her the rope. He knew instantly what she needed. He tossed her the rope that the old woman had given him so that she could tie it to the bucket. For whom are you drawing the water? He asked. Okay, that's the only question that comes to your head. <laughs> you went in the cave, you're in a car chair. <laughs> There's a dog, you threw a piece of me. Who are you drawing water for? Who lives here? I'm asking you, who lives here? Who's here? For the dead, answered the woman. Of course. She's drawing water for the dead. Do the dead need water? Interesting. Who were buried unwashed by their relatives. They were unwashed. They didn't go through the ritual. They're trapped. She has to finish the ritual. Thereupon he continued on and came to the entrance to the house. He didn't understand what she was telling him. With the key from his sack, he opened the door and entered the house. Now, each time he uses something, he, he's completing a task, but he's also going deeper and deeper within the unconscious. And these things keep you connected to 
this is like your anchor. Yes. I'm not dead. <laughs> I have a task. <laughs> I'm not lost here. I'm not supposed to be here. Because he keeps asking, why are you here? What, what are you doing with the water? Who's it for? With the key yeah, he's like a cave spelunker that's got that rope attached to him so that he he can make sure he's got a way out. That's that that's beautiful. So yeah, exactly. It's like going into the maze. Right? You have to make sure you hold on to the rope. Because if you don't, you're not gonna make it out of the maze. You're gonna forget where you are and what you're doing. With the key from his sack, he opened the door and entered into a room where he found three eggs. Okay, so three eggs. Life has not been born. You have three eggs. You don't know what these eggs are. You don't know who they are. He opened one. He knew to open them. Suddenly the room was filled with a mist out of which stepped his father and said, Oh, I am so hungry and thirsty. Come into the courtyard, said his son. You will find a jug full of milk. I thank you, answered the father, but it's now too late. At least I have some peace and can go further into the land of the dead. He does not need the milk. His son has released him. He's basically told him, you can go, dad. This is when we hold on to the dead. We can't let them go. We cry and cry and cry and suddenly it's years later and we're still crying. Now we're possessed by that spirit that has not gone. We're holding them like an anchor. They're tethered to this because we refuse to let them go. I have some peace and can go further into the land of the dead. With these words, he disappeared. Thereupon, the young man opened the second egg, and now his mother stepped out of the mist and said, Oh, I am so hungry. I am so thirsty. Come into the courtyard, said the young man. In front of the door, you will find a jug full of milk. Nobody's drank the milk yet. I thank you, answered his mother, but it's already too late. You've released me. I don't need it anymore. Remember at the beginning of the fairy tale, they cried out in his sleep that he hadn't given them milk. At least I have now some peace and go further into the land of the dead. With these words, she disappears. Then the young man took the third egg in his hand and went out into the courtyard. And we know what's going to happen now. The girlfriend shows up. She drinks the milk. And she's back in the land of the living and he's awake. Where is he? This is a little tricky. Here, drink some milk. My beloved, the girl drank and became as beautiful as the most beautiful of all Sun King's daughters. So she's reborn. 
the sun gives us energy. It gives us life. It gives us birth. When she had drank all the milk, she also spoke and said, my most beloved, you have redeemed me from death. Now I will return back into life and be yours. So this is a symbol. So it happened. She turned homewards from the dreadful mountains. The dreadful mountains is where the dead live. That's why they're dreadful. They're full of dread, full of dead. They lived together in happiness and contentment until she had to cross over into the kingdom of the dead for eternity. Remember, in the land of the dead, time moves very quickly. He was able to spend what time he had left with her. She died. He's able to wake up again. What did you think, Eric? I... I... I think it's fa a point that you made was that kind of fascinated me was the fact that I didn't I didn't get this the first two times I read it it just didn't hit me, and that is that the the um, the old woman was a hag a mother and an old woman Ooh. she had three different roles yeah and and um, I I don't know for some reason I this just this is just a and she also up. had three eggs. Yes. She had three rolls. She had three eggs. And and it I don't know, it just for some and then and then the uh the girlfriend's seemingly lack of belief in does this my does my boyfriend have the stuff to do all this? Does does he have it within him? It just made me wonder if there wasn't some anima animus stuff going on in this that I'm not picking up on. Cause it, it yeah, was... yes, for sure. I mean, that's the other part of it is that if we start looking at them as different parts of the psyche, how do they fit in? So you have the mother complex, you have the father complex, uh, you have the anima. Um, he, you, you have all these different aspects of the psyche present and Jungian dream interpretation, they would all be complexes. And he would be working out his complexes. And that, that's what I kind of where I was headed because a common, this is, uh, I'm not saying this as a gender thing. This happens across gender, but it is, seems to be more common among the female brain than it does the male brain. And that is a doubt a needing to in the female brain of their male partner, is he going to sacrifice for me? Is he going to, is he willing to go through anything to, to get me and keep me and, and to keep me alive? I mean, is, will he sacrifice himself for me? Ooh. I mean, that's just a common theme in, in male and female brains, but it's particularly big in in many female brains and, and i'm just wondering if there wasn't some of that 
behind her statements. Ooh. So with that, we will leave that as the question of the day to our audience. Um, I am Dr. Lahab El Samurai. This is the IFC's Individuation Podcast. I am here with Dr. Eric Tomlinson and Lisa Hong. And we have had a delightful time with you today. And we will see you uh, next week as we continue our journey through Archetypal Symbols and Fairy Tales by uh, Dr. Louise, Mary Louise von Franz. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Lisa. Um, we will take this up uh, next week. Do you guys want to say anything? In, uh, Thank in you for working through this fairy tale. It was it was a it was a tough one to work through, but but we we got through it. And I like I like the way Lahab you backed up and and made some points that that weren't made in the first portion of the podcast because it, it started bringing out other important elements of the story that um, I hadn't comprehensively seen. Well, thank you, Eric. And thank you for uh, guiding us today and reading our fairy tale. Um, Lisa, good to see you today. Uh, we'll see you next week for sure. Okay. Uh, you wanna say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye, everyone. Thanks to my team for carrying us through. All right. So we'll see everybody next week. Uh, this is the IFC's Individuation Podcast. Uh, until next week. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the IFC's Individuation Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Eric, Lisa, and Dr. Al Samurai. We'd also like to thank Eric and Lisa for taking the time to join us. We hope you enjoyed this chapter from Archetypal Symbols and Fairy Tales. Tune in again next time to the IFC's Individuation Podcast for another episode soon. at the Institute of Conflict greatly appreciate all of you listeners. Please share the podcast with your friends and spread the word. If you would like to help expand our community, like us on Facebook and Instagram and give us a five-star review on iTunes. I'm Sonia Mahmood and you've just listened to the Institute of Conflict Individuation Podcast. We'll be back soon.